podcast, a podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that will help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care through health and wellness. I'm your host, Jazzy Piggott, a tuba player, composer, certified personal trainer, writer, educator, and podcaster based in Baltimore, Maryland. In this episode, I talk with trombonist and fitness enthusiast Victoria Garcia to read her bio. Victoria Garcia is a freelance trombonist in the Boston, New England area and a core member of Serif Brass. Besides performing trombone, Victoria is a certified Alexander Technique teacher and works in administration as the ensemble's coordinator at the Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. Mrs. Garcia is a regular sub with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, Boston Pops, Boston Pops Esplanade Orchestra, and has performed with the Boston Lyric Opera. She also performs regularly with regional orchestras such as the Vermont Symphony Orchestra, Boston Modern Orchestra Project, Odyssey Opera, Cape Symphony, and Symphony New Hampshire. Along with her orchestral experience, Victoria's chamber experience includes being a member of the Boston-based Trombone Quartet, winners of the International Trombone Association Trombone Quartet Competition in June 2017. As the newest member of Serif Brass, Victoria has traveled nationally and internationally performing in festivals and giving masterclasses. Victoria received her Bachelor of Music degree from the Boston Conservatory in 2014, studying under John Feta. She remained in Boston, where she received her Master's of Music degree in 2016 from the New England Conservatory of Music, studying under Stephen Lange. In 2017, Mrs. Garcia received her Alexander Technique certification from the Boston Conservatory at Berkeley under tutelage of Debbie Adams. So in this episode, we talked about a wide range of topics, including the Alexander Technique, how to start and sustain exercise and nutrition regimens, the value of working out at home, managing exercise and nutrition while on tour, the value of meal prepping and planning, being kind to yourself about exercise on bad days, and how exercise can be self-care. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, so I guess tell me a little bit about yourself. So I was born and raised in Long Island. Um, I came to Boston for my undergraduate studies back in 2010, and I really haven't left, I haven't left ever since. Uh, I began my undergraduate at Boston Conservatory, um, continued to do my master's at New England Conservatory. Um, while I was doing my master's at New England, I was also uh, doing an extra educational course to be certified in Alexander Technique. So at the time I didn't realize it, but I was double majoring and to be a certified Alexander Technique teacher takes three years. So I graduated NEC, um, began my third year of my training at Alex for Alexander Technique. Then, um, while I was transitioning, being a teacher in the technique uh, or in the training course, I started freelancing more in Boston um, since I was out of college, and that's when a lot of my work started to get picked up. And um, after my wedding in 2018 is when I really started getting some heavy 
Boston freelance gigs, like playing with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, the Boston Pops, the Esplanade Pops, um, regional and statewide orchestras like Vermont Symphony or Boston Modern Orchestra Project, Boston Lyric Opera. So my uh, freelancing career is really Boston-based. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much, at least career-wise, anything you need to know about me. What's the, can you go a little more into detail about the Alexander technique? Because I like heard it's something about movement, but I'm really not too familiar with it. So Alexander technique is the ability to relearn movement with a different set of awareness. So um, a lot of the time we confuse Alexander technique with, oh, it's only meant for musicians. It's only meant if you have stress. Um, it, what it is, it's, it's kind of like when you look at a map, you don't look at destination A and the destination B. You're looking at the journey in between it. You know, what is it going to take you to get to your goal or things like that? And I like to think of Alexander Technique as that connection point. You're not thinking about how you're going to end it. Alexander Technique is the journey in which you get to your end um, without the end being the goal. It's about just noticing yourself in the moment. So um, for someone like me, I only wanted to do Alexander Technique to be a better trombone player. What it ended up doing was making me holistically a better person because I learned how um, my mental and my physical awareness of myself were not hand in hand. Um, a lot of the time when we practice, we notice maybe sometimes a negative self-talk or a lot of communication in the head. And all of that has a relationship with the physical body. So the second you're feeling constricted, it's not just physical constriction, it's also mental constriction. And that's what Alexander Taking is so cool because it's not just purely physical and it's not just purely mental. It's completely about how the mental and the physical psyche work together and how that can attribute to stress in your playing, to pain in your playing, to um, so many different things. But I work with dancers as well, not just with, uh, with musicians. So in sum, Alexander Technique is, is about the journey in which we relearn the use, the body, and how we can just improve on it. So even though I've been out of the technique, out of the training course since 2017, I'm still learning. I'm still learning about my use. I'm still teaching uh, to students how they can use themselves better. And it's just a constant learning process. Habit is very deeply ingrained and to relearn new things with a new fresh mind is always extremely challenging. So how would you recommend somebody to get started on it if they're interested in it? Um, the best way to do it is find local teachers. Um, I would really highly suggest going on the Alexander Technique International webpage. They have uh, places where people who are part of that program, um, they have like a map of where all those teachers are located around the US. And um, if someone's interested in the technique, they can find a local teacher that way and start getting lessons. Okay. All right. So I know, uh, does that relate directly to uh, you as a fitness enthusiast too? Or no, fitness became more of a passion of mine when um, COVID started and I didn't have an outlet where I can control music anymore. So I turned to, well, I've always wanted to get in shape and stay consistent about being in shape. I 
just like a lot of, I think, normal people, I went through a roller coaster of where I would gain weight and then I lose weight and then I gain weight and then I lose weight. And um, around April of 2020, when when COVID was really, um, really bad and no one was allowed to go out, I really thought about, well, this could be a great opportunity. I don't know how long we're going to be in this journey. What if I took the time instead of feeling like I was out of control musically and everything was coming to an end. What if I took that energy and I brought it towards something I could control, which was my food, my exercise, my water intake. So that's, that's how that journey started for me is that I took something that I couldn't control and turn it into something that I could control. Okay. Are you, is it like something you think you're going to keep going long-term, especially as the world goes back? Yes, definitely. Um, and that's what, that's when I, uh, when I had started this goal, my husband's really supportive and um, he was also worried that, you know, if I started this journey, I would continue to do the yo-yo effect. Um, and he goes, so how is this time going to be different than all the other times you started before? And I told him, I told him like, well, I'm not going to make a goal of, well, I want to be this weight or I want to look this way and I want to do this and that. I made it my goal of, I want exercise to be a part of my life every day. I want to, I want eating healthy to be part of my life every day, even when things do get back to normal. I want to be able to um, feel confident in my food choices and know that no matter what chaos is going around me, whether I'm touring or I'm busy freelancing or busy with my day job, that I could rely on the building blocks that I established in those beginning few months of COVID um, to still be there when things got tough. So that, I think that's for me, that's what definitely has been different this time around than all of my previous yo-yo diets. Okay. So how did you get started? Cause I know a lot of people struggle with the, okay, I want to get started and I want this time to be different, but then it's, what do you do first? Because I know when you start something new, you're never really good at it. And then keeping going after that is is a time. Yeah, it's, um, well, uh, so I do, uh, I'm a part of a program, a community called Beachbody, Team Beachbody, and they really um, help me lay out a map of, all right, how do I eat healthy? What kind of exercise do I need to do? Um, and what's great about that website um, is that, you know, I learned that, okay, for someone my height, my size, I should be eating this much and instead of calorie counting or weight measuring, like they just give you containers. So here, you need to eat four of these green containers a day in order to meet your vegetable requirement, or you need to eat this many red containers in order to meet your protein content for the day. And so I was like, oh, that seems simple enough. And they also came with a cookbook and I was like, well, this is great. And the food is great. Me and my husband, um, we started eating, we eat out of this cookbook every day of the week unless we're super busy or my husband starts cooking, um, <laughs> then, then that's when we diverge a little bit. But I would say 90% of the meals we make at home is based off of this cookbook that really takes away the guessing game of, all right, am I eating enough vegetables today? Am I eating enough carbs, proteins, fats? Um, and is this meal going to be balanced? This is going to be a balanced diet meal for me. And so that's how it started is, um, okay, Team Beachbody laid out my food uh, portions and how I was going to eat it. 
And then when it came time to exercising, I knew I wasn't um, strong enough to do any intense workouts. I needed to have a good foundation block. And so I allowed myself the time. I think that's what's the hardest part is that when people start a journey, they want to see, and I remember this for myself as well, they want to see results so quickly that they're not creating a strong enough foundation in which they can really sustain themselves on for long term. So I remember my first program um, that I picked from Beachbody. They have a program called Beachbody On Demand. Works like Netflix. You just They have hundreds and thousands of videos, exercise videos you can pick from. I remember I was like, oh, everyone in the world is like doing this thing called bar. I wonder what bar is. It looks like dancing and it looks like fun. <laughs> and so I did it. And it was like eight weeks of like, wow, this is really hard. Um, and I did that program and then I was like, wow, that was really cool. All right, what's next? And I did a lifting program afterwards. And um, I think what helped me the most is that I did this cleanse for three weeks. It was the hardest thing I have ever done. It, um, this cleanse was, is designed so that it, it, it's training your body and detoxing your body uh, not by using juices or shakes or things like that. Um, it is purely a detox based off of food. So over the course of 21 days, they give you um, what it is that you're supposed to be cooking for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Now you can diverge from the path and do something that they call like is a crunch menu. But if you really want to see the benefit of the cleanse, you feed your body these certain foods and your body naturally goes through a cleansing process where it gets rid of sugar addiction or other addictions to like caffeine. So you can't have coffee for three weeks or green tea for three weeks, like no caffeine, no sugar. And by the uh, end of the third day, you don't have any dairy or meat products. And so I thought that was the toughest thing because I love meat. But by the end of three weeks, I felt so refreshed, light, awake, ready for the day. I've never felt my system working more um, working together more in my life. And um, I'd actually do this cleanse now once every six months, just because of how good it makes me feel at the end of three weeks and how in control I, I am reminded that I can be of my food choices and how food doesn't have to control me. So that's how my journey started. I didn't do that three week cleanse until probably about five, I would say five months into my, um, into my first start date of when I started losing weight. You know, I created those foundation blocks of, all right, well, I just need to make sure I'm eating enough vegetables, I'm eating enough fruits, I'm having a balanced diet, I'm drinking enough water. That's like the biggest thing too. And making sure I'm just squeezing in a 30 minute workout five to six days a week. And those foundation blocks of creating that for five months um, during a time of COVID was like, oh, this is completely doable. I've got nothing else going on today. And then I threw a cleanse in there and I was like, wow. I saw like crazy result. I lost something like um, 15 pounds in three weeks. Hmm. And I didn't gain any of that back because I made food choices after that cleanse that benefited my body more than it did before when I wasn't treating my body with respect. Right. What was the cleanse, if you don't mind me asking? The cleanse is called uh, the ultimate reset. Uh, it's another... Um, thing through Beachbody. So if, you, if anyone goes on to Team Beachbody and types ultimate reset, they'll find this kit, which is pricey. 
Um, but it is so, so worth it if you really want to understand your relationship or your addiction to food. Um, so it's, it's a pricey kit, but I love, and my husband has done it too. We love the benefits of that cleanse. Um, during it's tough. Don't get me wrong. We're cursing the whole way through it, but at the end, we're just like, wow, we feel amazing. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's called the ultimate reset. You can find it on uh, team beach body. Um, and highly recommended for anybody who really wants to understand their relationship with food. Okay. Maybe I'll check that out. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty intense. But if you have any questions about it, I've done it three times already, so I can definitely help you out. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your current exercise routine like? So my current, um, I, right now I'm doing a lifting program, which um, I never thought I was um, into lifting. Um, I, I work out always from home. I've never gone to a gym um, just because, well, traveling to a gym, like that takes time. Like you have to get dressed. Now you have to go walk to the gym. Now you have to go get set up at the gym. You do your workout. Then you have to go home, walk home, unpack, take a shower. Like that's a, that's like a, that's a commitment. So I do all my workouts from home. I have dumbbells at home. And what's so great about Beachbody is that you don't need a gym to do these workouts at home. You just need dumbbells, which I have collected over several years. So it's not like I just bought and spent thousands of dollars on dumbbells or hundreds of dollars on dumbbells. Uh, I've been accumulating them for quite a time, quite a while. And so this program I'm doing is called 645. I've already completed it once and I loved it so much that I'm, go I'm doing the 13 weeks all over again. Um, but it's 45 minutes, 15 minutes of stretching, 30 minutes of intense exercising where you, he has you doing usually seven different moves of lifting various um, weights and doing different positions. And I loved it. I love it because I was like, wow, I don't have to do crazy amounts of cardio to still get my heart rate up and still burn in a crazy amount of calories. So that's the current program I'm doing, which I, I actually do in my basement which is our bedroom, <laughs> small living in Boston. We only have 650 square feet of, of space to move around. Um, so our exercise room is the bedroom. Okay. So how many days a week do you tend to lift? This program is six days a week. Um, so uh, how it's laid out for this program, I usually do five to six days a week of working out, usually 30 minutes to 45 minutes. I ain't doing an hour. I ain't got time for that. Um, and so for this program, it's two days, Monday, Tuesday, you lift, Wednesday, you do a stretch, Thursday, Friday, you lift, Saturday, you do cardio, and Sunday, you have a day off. That's how this program is. I've done others where it's um, five days a week, you do 30 minutes of intense, tense cardio, and then you're done. And then you have two days to recover. So most of the workouts I do is either five to six days a week. So I know you go on tour with Seraph a lot. So how do you manage that when you're on tour? Well, touring is a very new thing to me. Um, you know, before I was just, uh, you know, still am. I'm not before. I'm still currently a freelance trombonist in Boston. But when I do go on tour, um, I'm a bit crazy. I, I like to plan things way in advance. Um, so if I know I have a tour coming up, like I know I have a few tours coming up in January, uh, what I'm doing before I go on this tour two to three weeks before is I'm planning um, how it is that I'm going to pace my workouts. 
So um, perfect example of that is in October, we did a week and a half long tour um, where we were traveling from, um, we started off in New York. We traveled to upstate New York. We went down to Pennsylvania and then we went to New Jersey and then we went, drove to Georgia. Um, and two, I would say three weeks before that tour started, I started changing. Um, I was still doing a lifting, working out, and uh, I was doing a lift program. And I knew I couldn't pack my dumbbells. And I was like, well, I don't want to stop exercising or stop doing this program just because I'm going on tour. So what did I, what I ended up doing is that on my days off, I did the weightlifting workouts. And I saved my stretching um, videos and I saved my cardio videos since I wouldn't need equipment to do those for my tour. And because I had planned it out three weeks in advance, I was still able to either exercise or stretch every day of those seven, eight days on tour without having to worry about packing my dumbbells or which my fear of control um, was getting behind on all the progress that I made. So I ended up uh, making up for three weeks of cardio over a course of five days and uh, I made up for three weeks worth of stretching over a course of five days. So um, for a tour like that, it takes a lot of planning. Um, I know I have a tour coming up, a lot of tours coming up in January. And again, won't be able to pack dumbbells, but I still want to make progress. I still want to get movement in. So um, I'm going to have to start now piecing out, well, do I want to do a completely new program just for that week? Do I want to just do focus on cardio or do I want to put this program that I'm currently on, on hold, just on pause until I get back and then I can continue. Um, since I've already completed the program once, I don't mind doing that. So I just have to find some other kind of workout that's going to accommodate my needs while I'm on my tours in January. Wow. Yeah. That's like a lot of planning you put into it. It is. And to be even crazier um, in that, actually any tour that I've had with Sarah, I even bought uh, a travel blender. Um, and this is really funny. And I, I tell uh, Mary this, um, I was like, guess what? <laughs> She's like, what? I said, I packed my spinach. <laughs> so, and I did this for Spain too. I go to Whole Foods and I get like this ginormous bag of spinach. Now I could have filled up my tiny suitcase with clothes, things that I actually need, but because I know how to treat my body, I know what's going to make it feel good. I packed my blender, I packed my spinach and I packed my protein shakes and I packed my, um, I packed my energize, which is like my pre-workout supplement, things that get me going before a workout. And I packed uh, my protein bars. I brought food <laughs> from home all the way to Spain. And I do that for every tour. <laughs> and guess what? Spain, I thought, uh, I, spinach, I didn't think was going to make it on an international flight, but I figured I'd try. Mm -hmm. I ate the spinach every day until the day before we left <laughs> to go back to the States. <laughs> but that's, um, that's the level in which I take uh, my health seriously. I, I take it very seriously. I if you ever see me perform with Sarah, I always perform with this water bottle on stage next to me. And for the reason for that is that um, this is how I measure how much water I drink in a day. And if I do not have three to four of these in a day, I'm in big trouble. 
So uh, I, there are things that I have laid out for me, no matter what tour I'm going on, that I know um, needs to be a part of my packing list. No exceptions. Right. Yeah, that was, I guess, it alluded to my next question, which is uh, how do you manage nutrition on tour? Because I know mm -hmm. when you go on like road trips, you don't really have many. Hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, the October tour we had in the Northeast or on the East Coast, I would say, was um, made me really nervous because I had just finished my second ultimate reset cleanse. I was in a place where my body was just like, it's a temple. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to put like things like Burger King in it. I don't want to put preservatives in my body. I had like worked, my body worked so hard over three weeks to just detox all of that stuff. Um, so I was really nervous. And um, that's why I had bought this, that travel blender. And I made sure I brought my protein shakes and I brought protein bars. And, um, and I even packed fruit. I packed bananas in my suitcase, oranges. I could have packed clothes. I didn't pack clothes, I packed food. <laughs> um, and so on a, let's say on a typical morning where we had time for breakfast, I feel like breakfast is the easiest thing in terms of picking healthy choices. Your options are, eggs are such an easy, fast way to get in a nice, decent amount of protein. Um, when they ask you for toast, it's very easy to say, I would like holy toast no butter. And then you can easily get an omelet where you can ask for a very light amount of cheese and stuff it with vegetables so you can get your vegetables in for the day. Um, and because, so if I did something like that, now I wouldn't bring, I wouldn't go that crazy. I wouldn't bring my food containers because they, they are kind of bulky and, you know, I, I do need to pack underwear. <laughs> so I, I would leave those at home, but because I have, um, I understand what food measurements look like in those containers. I can be like, yeah, I'd say that's about a cup of vegetables. Yeah, that looks like about a half a cup of, of potatoes or um, things like that. So um, let's say if I chose that as a breakfast option, a nice healthy omelet, either no cheese or very light amount of cheese and a dry piece of toast, I, can, I was making a mental note of what it is that I ate for that day. Or even I used an app. Um, they have this, um, the, an app that correlates the food container system that I had described earlier. Um, and then it'd be like, okay, well, I have a protein shake. That's going to be uh, one of my protein counts for the day. And I for sure know I can squeeze about a cup and a half of spinach into that protein shake. I do not like cooked spinach. I think it tastes disgusting. <laughs> I have a texture problem. <laughs> but if you stick spinach in any kind of smoothie, I promise you, you will never taste it. So I do that a lot. And I so I know. Just from that, by noon, I was getting two and a half cups of vegetables, two and a half servings of vegetables in that part of my day already. Um, and then dinner was either another healthy choice. I either got a salad that had chicken and, and nuts or, or cheese in it and um, dressing on the side so I wouldn't, they wouldn't kill your salad with dressing or um, sometimes I would just get like some kind of fish and vegetables. So um it's not like it was random. It definitely was planned on how I was going to be choosing my food for the day. And I, since I always had my fruit packed and ready to go, or I got to stop at a grocery store, I knew I also had my fruit options as well. So oh. I was definitely eating a lot on these tours. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of pre-planning again. A, a lot of, um, that's the thing about when people lose weight uh, or trying to get into a balanced 
healthy lifestyle is that there's just so much planning that goes into it. Um, you know, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to have a healthy breakfast and I'll just see what happens later today. I, except for now, I'm kind of busy right now. So we can talk more about how I do this on a busy life, life cycle, a life cycle. But, um, like right now today, like I, I missed out on lunch and my body is dying for some kind of nutritional help. I feel it. I feel like I want to go snack on horrible things to make up for what I have not eaten right now. Um, and so that, you know, there, it, there's so much planning. And because I went to bed very late, I practiced until one in the morning last night, I went to bed at two. I woke up and chose to sleep in instead. And guess what? It is now 3.30 PM and I should have had a nice, healthy, balanced salad. And now I'm starving. Why? Because I didn't plan. So yeah. what uh, tips do you have for planning then? Because I know that takes a lot of time and that's definitely. Yeah. A so I, me and my husband used to do this thing where we would plan food for the week, not just, uh, we would just only plan dinners so that if we plan dinner, I can be like, okay, well, if I do this for dinner and then I'll do this for lunch and therefore ah, I'll do this for breakfast. And so I kind of worked in reverse. Um, but then things get really busy. Things get lined up. Um, he gets busy. Therefore he can't cook. I get busy. Therefore I can't cook. So then the schedule changes. The best I can do for myself is prepare at least one day before. So even if I don't know what dinner is, I guarantee myself the same. I'm going to guarantee myself having this for breakfast and this for lunch, and I'll see what happens for dinner later. So um, the funny thing is, is that I think I've been eating roughly the same lunch every day for about 14 months. And that lunch is just an arugula salad with fruit, pecans, and dressing that I get at Whole Foods that I really like. Like it's a raspberry vinaigrette dressing. Um, and mornings are usually different. I love either eggs and vegetables in the morning with toast or um, oatmeal with bananas. And um, I use one of my chocolate protein powders. But what I usually do is that I make that decision the day before, sometimes at night when I come home from practicing at like 10 PM um, and I'm tired, I'll be like, all right, what can I do to set myself up for tomorrow morning? What can I lay out on the kitchen counter physically right now so that I have no question in my mind, what am I going to have for lunch and breakfast tomorrow morning? So what I'll often do is the salad is a super easy thing to pack in. I just throw arugula in a Ziploc container throw in a cup of whatever mixed berries I have in the fridge, throw it in that container as well, put the dressing in its own little container, throw it in that salad bucket as well and pack it up, throw it in the fridge. Okay, great. Lunch is figured out. And that takes me all maybe five minutes. The only annoying thing is to cut the berries. <laughs> Super easy. Um, and then breakfast, if I'm doing vegetables, um, I'll make sure to just cut all the vegetables out, cut them out, stick them in a Ziploc container, throw it in the fridge. Great. The omelet that I want to have for tomorrow morning, the vegetables are cut, ready to go. Um, and so that all I have to do is scramble the eggs and I'm done. I'm set to go. The toaster's already out and I'm going to just toast some toast when I wake up in the morning. So the key thing is just to get everything laid out. Um, especially if you're new and the, especially if you're new to to trying to lose weight or trying to get into a more healthy, balanced lifestyle is to don't give yourself 
an opportunity to fail. When I lay out food and I've already prepared it at 10 p.m., when I wake up the next morning for me at seven or eight, I was like, well, I already cut it. Now I got to use it. And that's how uh, my first choices of the day or even choices all the way until dinner time have already been laid out for me because I've already made them the night before. Wow. Yeah. So very good system you have. Now, how does that work with uh, exercise planning too, Um, especially when you have like a busier schedule? Yeah. um, So a lot of people love their exercise in the morning. I'm a musician. We do concerts at night. I can't exercise first thing in the morning, (laughs) let alone practice first thing in the morning. My brain is just not functioning. It's not awake. Um, I don't have a full-time job. I have a day job where I work from like usually 9.30 to 3 p.m. Um, and usually right when I come home, around this time, actually, I start taking my pre-workout supplement and I'll go downstairs and work out at four o'clock. Uh, right now I'm doing a lot of Boston Pops concerts. So I need to find time to practice since the concerts are happening during my normal hours of practicing. So that often means that, I okay, well, I have to sacrifice my workout temporarily so that I can do something that's a little bit more um, focused on how I can perform tonight. And so um, instead of today, instead of me going to go work out right away, I'm going to make sure I can play. And if there's time, I will go do a 45 minute workout before I have an eight o'clock concert tonight, which it's about to be four o'clock soon. So there might be a chance, but I also have to make sure I need to eat in there. So there's so many things to consider. Um, the worst, I think one of my healthy slash unhealthy habits is that I'm definitely someone that will get my workout in no matter what. And sometimes that means I press play on a workout at 10 45 PM, but that's because I have laid out such a specific and intense system during COVID that I want to continue on my own fitness results. And I want to continue treating my body and making it sweat and making it work. So if that means I have to start a workout at 1045, I'll do it. I don't, I really don't do it often. I think since COVID started, I've only done that maybe a dozen times or so. And I've worked out every week of my life since May of 2020. (laughs) Um, But usually on a normal day, I will work out at four o'clock or even up until six o'clock, four to six is my window where I just take that time and focus on my health, my needs. It takes me out of emails. It takes me out of the stresses in my life. It's therapeutic. If that means that if I have to give myself 45 minutes of therapy, I will do that no matter what time it is. Okay. So. I know not every day you probably like are motivated to go work out because some days you're probably more tired than others. So when you do have those days, how do you find the motivation to keep going? It's tough. Um, Like I mentioned, the blocks that I had, the foundational blocks that I had set up in COVID taught me that the only way to exercise so I don't yo-yo diet again was to be kind to myself, listen to my body more um, and realize that 
this journey isn't a race. It's specifically a journey. It's something that you can learn from. And there were plenty of times where, even now, where I struggle with really bad body image or really bad, um, like where I know that I'm dedicated, but I just don't have the energy to do it. So in those days, I allow myself to change up a workout schedule. Sometimes I'll, um, especially if I'm feeling fatigued or I'm really not motivated, I really don't want to do this. I'll do something that maybe I do want to do. Maybe I'll do yoga. Maybe I'll just do a stretching video, something that's not going to physically exhaust me because sometimes, so I, sometimes a lack of motivation isn't a lack of motivation. Sometimes it's pure exhaustion. Um, but I still do what I need to do. I'll go put on exercise clothes. So there are t- plenty of times where I've started a workout video that I was like, it's okay. I just got to get through it. And then 15 minutes in, I'm like, I can't, I really can't do this right now. And I've stopped. I have stopped a workout video because I was going into the, the yo-yo habit of, um, of putting myself through torture. And I didn't want to put myself through unnecessary torture. Don't get me wrong. Exercise is grueling. You're supposed to sweat. You're supposed to grunt. You're supposed to have like horrible facial expressions as you're doing these moves. But there's just a time where there's just not enough energy a day has been really rough and maybe that day is not a great day for you to be giving whatever energy you have left into getting through a really intense workout. So what I've done is either still do the workout and do way, way lighter weights. I'll modify even just enough for me to break a sweat, but not feeling like, um, I need to give my, my all to this workout. I can always do this workout again later, but I've also gone the route of just doing yoga or doing a stretching video or even meditation. I, what I like to tell myself uh, in order to keep me motivated is that throughout the day, I have been needed in so many different places. Other people have needed my time. Other people have needed my input or my response, or I needed to be at a rehearsal. I'm spread so far that 45 minutes or 30 minutes of my life dedicated to me and me alone and my health should be allowed. So even if my days of motivation where I'm just like, I really don't want to press play, I'd be like, this is the only time you have to yourself that you can truly dedicate to yourself. It's not about practicing your instruments, not about getting ready for an exam or anything like that. This is the time that I can give to myself. And I'm going to honor that time by letting my body and my mind work together in an exercise. Yeah, that's very powerful. I hadn't really thought about how it is kind of a one time a day where you are just focused on yourself when you are exercising. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you got 24 hours a day, let's say six to eight of those is sleeping. If you work a nine to five job, that's another eight hours of your life. You don't have many hours in the day that's truly left for you, especially if you're cooking dinner or if you're traveling or you have to go to a gig or to a rehearsal that window of where you're consciously awake and knowing that you could either spend the time scrolling through social media and Instagram, watching TV or on watching Netflix, or you could spend that time instead focusing on you. And I love it because sometimes exercising really, really takes my mind off of things. 
things that have been stressing me out all day, either from my day job or from responding to emails for gigging or uh, stresses of performing. Exercise is the one thing that is not related to any of my jobs. And I could truly spend that time focusing on myself. Now, do you think exercise affects how you play um, music? Do you think like the healthy eating and? I would definitely say that like the healthy eating has, um, I would say it's, it's helped my image actually more than my playing. It's helped me, um, it's helped change how I carry myself. So I've been playing with the BSO since I would say 2018. And I was, I was, I was about, I was a little bit heavier than I was now. Um, but over the course of playing, I had got, I had not been eating well. I wasn't exercising. And by the time COVID started, I had, I was about 15 pounds heavier than I was when I had started playing with the BSO and doing a lot of freelancing in Boston. And I just wasn't feeling good about myself. I would show up to gigs in my concert clothes that were for me, noticeably tighter, not that they were noticeably tighter to other people, but I just, I didn't feel comfortable in my skin anymore. I was like, whoa, when did this happen? When did these loose pants become normal fitting? <laughs> and um, so that image of being in concert clothes was starting to affect me because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. I'm doing things that are out of control and getting back into performing um, now that COVID is a little bit, is not affecting the music scene as much. I hold myself differently because I'm so much more confident of the skin that I that I'm in right now. I feel in control of, of who I am and, and how my food choices has led me to a more confident person versus a confident musician, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that exercising has changed or affected negatively or positively my, my workout routine, but I would say it's, it's changed the mental relationship I have with myself and how I carry myself in public. Okay. Yeah, that's a perspective I never really thought about because that is kind of important, like how you do carry yourself because that changes how people perceive you. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So my last question is, how would you recommend any musician looking to start having like healthy habits? Like, what, Where would you say they should begin? Um, so I had mentioned this Team Beachbody group. Um, they, they have coaches. I'm a coach. There's thousands of coaches out there. Um, for me, I, I could just say that route because the pe first people who helped me get healthy were these coaches through Team Beachbody. Like people that I could message saying, I don't understand this system that's been laid out to me. How did you do this? What would you recommend if I do this? Um, it really, and I still am, am in communication with my coach today. Um, she'll she'll see things that I'm doing on Instagram and Facebook. She goes, oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch you in a concert. And I'm like, yeah, thank you so much. Hey, I have a question about something. And I'll, I, and I know I've, I've sent her um, um, jars of food and be like, would you consider this a vegetable or just a paste? <laughs> and so, but like, I still have somebody that I can talk to about, um, you know, what she would recommend exercise wise, or what she would recommend food wise, or if I wanted to go into a vegetarian or more vegan lifestyle, what outlets should I go through to figure that out? And um, so 
I'm look, if anyone who's interested in seriously taking their health or exercise to a, a different level and needs the help doing it, I have loved my relationship with Beachbody. Um, I just feel like there's they have laid out such a great system for me to turn to. Um, and I know that there's probably so many others out there. It's just Beachbody is the only one that I have ever explored. And I've known, and I've been a part of the Beachbody community since 2015. So I just, for me, and for anyone who would be interested, I would really recommend like just finding a coach on Team Beachbody. They're free. You don't pay to have a coach. Um, and they could just really help you with any questions that you have. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add? What about you? How did your journey? Um, what, yeah. what instigated your journey? So I graduated uh, my undergrad in 2019 at nearly 300 pounds. And mm -hmm. at that time, I started watching my 600 pound life and then seeing. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that show. Me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got really, really terrified after, after that. And then I was like, okay, I got to make a change in how I just do things. So I started on Reddit, is how I like started calorie counting because I saw that people were doing that and it was working. So that's how I kept my community going for that. And then as far as exercise, I just started like sitting on a recumbent bike for about an hour every day watching Netflix and then mm -hmm. just like led to lifting weights. And then the pandemic happened. And that's when I really took off with fitness because it yeah. just like you were saying, it was like the one area that I did have control in my life. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to, um, and I, when I go to checkup appointments to doctors um they're like oh well you lost weight during the the pandemic and i said yep she goes how did you do that i'm like well when you are furloughed from your safety job and you legit have no work in the music community there really isn't much left for you <laughs> <laughs> so um she goes, wow, that sounds great. I'm like, I mean, not making an income is not great. Um, <laughs> but sure, getting my health figured out, priceless. <laughs> yeah. So where can people find you on social media if they want to contact you? Well, so my, my Instagram handle is uh, uh, Miss Vicky Garcia. And uh, Facebook is uh, actually my full legal last name. So it's Victoria Garcia hyphen Daskalova. It's my husband's last name. Uh, I took it on when we got married, but I couldn't get rid of the Garcia part because I'm too stubborn. So I had my name extended. And now my full name is longer than the entire English alphabet. <laughs> so Instagram is where I'm the most active. Facebook, I don't tend to interact as much just because... Instagram takes up enough of my life. I can't keep a track of an extra social media handle. So um, whatever I post on Facebook is because I've posted through Instagram. But Instagram is where I'm the most active. So if people want to message me there, um, that's, that's where people tend to find me. Okay. So please feel free to reach out to Victoria if you have any questions about Beachbody or just starting your health journey. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
Thanks, Jazzy. Thanks for having me. We certainly covered a lot in this episode, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as we did. Please be sure to tell at least one friend or family member about this podcast and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help others find and learn from the valuable content. Next week, I'll be interviewing life coach and trumpeter Ashley Hall, which is another wonderful conversation you won't want to miss. So have a great week, and I'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at the Jazzy Tubist on both Facebook and Instagram. And at my website, jasminepiggit.com. I'll see you next Thursday.